morning, everybody. Happy Friday to everyone. Uh, it's time to sit back and relax and grab your cup of coffee or your tea. And let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for the weekend. It is Friday, June 30th. Can hardly believe it's the last last day of June. It just seems like we were just talking about the beginning of June, doesn't it? I mean, time just seems to be skating by. And here we are talking about July. Tomorrow is July 1st. And what we're looking at is a weekend that is filled with all different types of transits. But, you know, for once, you know, usually I come on and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's these, you know, these heavyweight things. And then there's, you know, maybe some good ones. But this weekend, it's all good. It's all good. Even if there is one little bumpy bump along the way, I think it really can bring out the best of us. But we just need to know how to connect to the highest and best of what the transits are bringing out of us. Now, here we are. It is 8.01 my time. I started the show right at 8 a.m. And at that moment, the moon was moving into the sign of Sagittarius, out of the sign of Am I right? I mean, holy God, am I even thinking about what I'm supposed to be doing here? Ah, the 30th, yes, at 8 a.m., the moon moved out of Scorpio and into Sagittarius. Holy cow, where is my mind? Um, Sagittarius moon, right? We're getting ready. That means we've got a couple of days before the full moon, which will occur in Capricorn. So what is it about the Sagittarius moon that we need to know about? Uh, we'll be talking about that. And then we have three-ish days of, of conversation to have around the transits. This morning at 8.10 a.m., and this is my time, 8.10 a.m., so literally it's 8.02, so in seven minutes, the planet Neptune will turn retrograde. How often is it that we're actually on air when a transit occurs? Now, I, do I think it's going to be like some kind of slam into us about what it is or about how we feel? No, I feel like we are probably already starting to feel the effects and have been for the last few days. And now we are preparing to really go into that Neptune retrograde, which I'm also going to break down for you. But at the same time, we are also in, um, experiencing Mercury in a conjunction to the sun. Now, you know, this happens uh, a couple of times in a year, let's say. Once when Mercury is in forward motion, so it's Mercury moving into the sun, right? Like coming in for his marching orders to see where he goes next. And then once when he's in retrograde, which means now he's backing into the sun, like saying, hey, sir, is there anything you want me to revamp, reevaluate, redo, and then uh, moves beyond the sun and then comes back. Uh, by that time, though, the sun has moved far enough ahead that Mercury doesn't catch up again until after he moves forward and gets halfway in that transit. So we have sort of these bracketed moments of time when Mercury, the inner planet of communication, of the mind, uh, of how we interact with one another, um, comes into that conjunction with that part of us that is the self-expression, right? The, the light of our souls, the light of who we are. And so we're going to break that down a little bit more. And as if that wasn't enough to talk about, we also have Saturday's um, Mercury and Sun 
sextile to Jupiter. This is the fantabulous part of the weekend, right? It's not that Neptune in retrograde is bad or that Mercury conjunct the sun isn't as great, but this one is a beautiful connection to have. And I think, as I said on Wednesday when I was talking to Tam, these two things really kind of set the tone for the month of July, even though there are some other, you know, more stringent or more difficult transits ahead for us in the month. This one really sets the tone for what it is that we need to accomplish this month. And then on Sunday, we have Venus in a square to Uranus, and we'll break that down. That one's a little trickier and can be a little bit unexpectedly harsh for some and maybe unexpectedly awesome for others. It really just depends on where you are in your own evolution, in your relationships, in your finances, and uh, that type of thing. Uh, and then on Monday, we have the full moon. I'm undecided yet about whether I will come on air on Monday morning. Uh, Terry has that day off, which means I would have to get him up and out of bed early. He likes to sleep in. That would be kind of not so good to do a show with, um, especially since he would be in, sleeping right behind me like the cat. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens as uh, our weekend unfolds. And yet that day is a big day. It is the full moon. And the full moon comes along with um, some transits that we also want to talk about. Uh, Tam and I did talk about that on Wednesday, but if you were not there, then we will come, we'll go over some of that stuff this morning. All right, before I dive in, let's say good morning to people who've shown up here. Good morning, Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel. She says, happy Friday and happy 4th of July. I should have worn my 4th of July gear today, but if I come on on Monday, I'll do it then. Uh, let's, and Terry, when he left for work this morning, I should have taken a picture for you guys to see him. He had on a work shirt that has his um, company name with the stars and stripes into the letters. Then he had a an overshirt like a, a stars and stripes um, Hawaii. It's like a Hawaiian shirt, but it's not Hawaiian. It's just an overshirt that has all that in it. He had a hat on that is all Fourth um, of July decorated with lights, LED flashing lights. <laughs> And then he had his uh, his work shorts. He's wearing shorts now. It's summertime. But he also had red knee-high socks on with his black shoes. I mean, oh, my God. I, and I, I, you know, anymore, I just shake my head because, you know, I can't stop him from doing that. Nor would I want to because it's who he is. Um, but he was all decked out. Uh, so every, he's anticipating the 4th of July and all of the fun over the weekend. Uh, Pam Zaruba, happy weekend to you, she says, or happy weekend, everyone. Good morning to Christine. Good morning, Kamal. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you out there in a while. And uh, Kajella, happy holidays to all. It's great to have you with us. And Christine also says, happy Canada Day, because I think that's today, isn't it? So if you are Canadian and listening to us, happy Canada Day. Isn't it interesting that both Canada and the U.S. have this similar holiday, uh, similar themed holiday right around the same time? I always love that. Good morning, Gayla. She says, hello, galactic souls. Christine says, let Terry sleep. Um, I will. He's not the one that's not sleeping, though. Right, right now, I'm the one that is getting up at all hours of the night for all God knows what reasons. Uh, this morning, it was 3.30. I got up to let the cat in because she wouldn't come in before I went to bed. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Just one of those days. Pam Zaruba said Tom would have said just add a cat tail and let him sleep. <laughs> 
Yes, he probably would have. Where is my Tom? Uh, Pam, or uh, Crystal Manila, good to see you. Christine says he sounds adorable. He is adorable. Uh, he's just one of those kind of guys that you just got to love being around uh, unless you don't like having fun or playing. Uh, blessings from Julie. She's just getting up. I'm so glad that you're getting up to join us. Now, I got to share something with you that is so interesting. Um, as you know, of course, uh, we're coming up to the second anniversary of my son's passing. And my daughter, Heather, my oldest daughter, she keeps in contact with a lot of people in the psychic medium community. And that's because she's got medium tendencies herself, right? She She's amazing, but she just doesn't have the confidence yet in herself to to follow up on it. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. But she, this morning, she got a message from one of the people that is in her group. And it said, your brother wants you to know that he is just as funny on the other side as he was in Earth. And I, I just started cracking up. Who else would know that? Right. This is a person that doesn't know my son, doesn't know anything about him. She's looking at a picture of him and she is coming back with this message from Brian saying he's having just as much fun and he's just as funny on the other side as he was here in real life. I just I can't tell you guys how validating it is to receive messages like that that hit, you know, so close. Right. That hits close enough that you go, wow. That's got to be a message from him. So I just wanted to share that with you as time goes on here because, you know, it gets emotional for us as a family this time of year. And uh, on his angel day, as my daughter calls it, which will be July 11th, uh, most of us are going to be spending it at Silverwood in Idaho, which is a an amusement park and water park. So we, you know, Definitely will be honoring Brian, but definitely having some fun while we are at it. So anyway, yes, beautiful message, Crystal. We get them all the time. It's amazing to me how people, our own Natasha in the morning that she sometimes joins us here, she also brings messages from Brian. Like people, he'll just pop in. Like I'll be, I have clients that I'm working with at times that will pop in and say, oh, hey. I have this message for you from Brian. Really? It's amazing how he will keep coming in to keep the relationship going with us, even though in the physical realm, he's no longer here. So, so, so amazing and affirming, right? That we are not, that death isn't the final, you know, crossing over, that our loved ones, no matter how much we loved them and how much we miss them, they're still there. They're still there and accessible even. That's the other part of the message that's so awesome. Uh, so uh, yes, beautiful blessings. I think everybody can understand that the messages coming in are just so amazing. And oh, all right, so let's launch into astrology, shall we? <laughs> I wonder if there's something in the stars that makes those messages easier to receive. I'm not sure, probably there is. Uh, now, so as we were starting the broadcast this morning, the moon was moving out of the void and moving into Sagittarius, leaving Scorpio, the deeper, darker, more passionately intense, detective-oriented uh, investigator sign, and moving into one that is much more, so, so Scorpio moon is much more internally focused and more 
intuitive, uh, inner working kind of, of sign, uh, an inner kind of moon. Now that we are in Sagittarius energy, it's more of the pushing out energy of the moon. And in this case, we have a lot of powerful uh, opportunities to explore, to expand. Sagittarius is ruled in astrology by the planet Jupiter. And in that way, then we are, the moon is rubbing up against Jupiter energy. So it's expansive. It's, op, it's optimistic, right? There's a lot of optimism and the need to, you know, create a path of action in our lives in some way. It may be through um, exploring. It might be through adventuring in some way. It could be through learning a new skill. It could be through a lot of, of different ways in which we are moving outward, right? It, that, it's, it's expansive in nature and it seeks freedom, right? The freedom to explore, the freedom to, um, <clears throat> to, to see the bigger picture, right? The bigger picture of, of, of the world. Also, we have the seeking knowledge part of this particular moon and the moon here takes us into the search for answers to some of life's bigger questions to uh the deeper uh darker places that come up you know to the light so for example when we get a message like this from a, a deceased loved one um we are accessing both our own physical realm but it also expands our awareness into the other realm, right? To the realms beyond, dimensions beyond our own dimension. So it really has a very expansive quality to it. And it is always seeking those answers. Now it's mostly seeking, but not always finding, right? That's the, that's the thing about the search that we go on in our lives, right? We might find an answer, like I have a very clear, um, idea of the other side at this point in my life but that leads me to more questions like well what do we do on the other side <laughs> um am i still me do i remember everything about me on the other side all of these things so seeking energy with the moon in sagittarius keeps leading us on to more questions that we will then try to dig into for answers so it uh, and, and I don't want you to be disturbed by that, not not being disturbed by the fact that the answers are always leading to other questions, um, because that's a part of the experience on the planet is, you know, going out, finding the answers, seeking the higher reasons or forms and structures behind everything that's happening in in the world. And Jupiter here driving and amplifying in some way the quest Right. I look at every one of us on the planet as experiencing the hero's journey. Right. Joseph Campbell in uh, the work that he's done in mythology sees kind of that same thing, this hero's journey that we're on, where we are surmounting obstacles and uh, moving through the ups and the downs and finding answers and that leading us to more questions that then lead us to more answers and and all of that. So here you are on a on a hero's journey. The moon in Sagittarius reminds us that what we're really seeking are those bigger answers and the bigger questions that we should be asking rather than the mundane, just the mundane. We need the mundane too. 
Now, the uh, moon in Sagittarius also rules the law, the law. And isn't it interesting this morning? I mean, all this week, really, I think it's because the Supreme Court, and I'm talking USA now, so forgive me if you're not in the USA, uh, but here in the USA, the Supreme Court all week has been churning out decisions that um, they're the Supreme Court of the land, the Supreme Law. They're the ones that take the Constitution, the spirit of the Constitution, and break it into meaning and then create laws or rulings, let's say, based on what they observe. And this week has been a kind of mixed bag. Um, and interesting now that we have the moon in Sagittarius, we're probably going to hear a lot about because the court's last day is today, right? All their final decisions come out today for this session. So in the next few days, we're going to hear a lot about the Supreme Court and their decisions and the rightness or the wrongness of their decisions, the the um, the political motivation, perhaps, for those decisions or whatever it is that the pundits and the talkers are going to say about it. But I want you to understand something about law and that it is not static, right? This Remember, this is Sagittarius territory. The law is Sagittarius territory. It is always moving and attempting to evolve through the ethical lens that we are living through, of the times that we're living through. For right or wrong, right? I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying this is how this works. And Sagittarius, as a mutable sign, guarantees literally that laws will get will change and morph as we as individuals as a society also change and morph and evolve so this morning or yet let's talk about yesterday's decision just for a moment the astrology of it is just kind of so fascinating because yesterday's decision about um affirmative action while on the surface my my gut was Ugh, Right now, now it's going to give them license to do whatever they want, you know, to 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 just, you know, leave out minorities, leave out women, leave out, uh, you know, underrepresented classes of people. And then I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. We are an evolving species, right? The evolution of our consciousness absolutely says that we have to get beyond these class distinctions, that we have to get beyond the the rancor between race or between parties or between political ideologies or religious ideologies and all of this so there's a rightness in it even though in my own like experience i was like but wait affirmative action helps people doesn't it but it also holds us to an old paradigm so we're shifting we're shifting Right. Today's Supreme Court um, decision about a Colorado law that said that you, no matter what your religious leanings are, have to be if you're serving the public, that you needed to be open to serving whoever the client was. And of course, that was challenged by uh, an evangelical Christian woman who did not want to uh, uh, offer weddings to the um, LBGTQ community. She didn't want to marry. Uh, same-sex partners, and the court sided with her. I, I was a little surprised by that. I was a little surprised because, although not concerning the court is kind of conservative leaning, but then as I was thinking about it this morning, as I'm putting on my mascara, I'm thinking, well, heck yeah. Do Would I want the state of Washington dictating to me what kind of clients I could see or what kind of clients I 
don't want to see. And as repulsive as I think it is to cut out that part of of people, like to make it wrong or something for same-sex partners to marry, that makes me just ill inside. It is absolutely her right, as it is absolutely my right, to choose who I want to work with and who I don't want to work with. And frankly, I can't even believe that the court would have to adjudicate something like that. But it is how we are moving forward, right? It's the evolution of it all. And sometimes evolution gets it wrong, right? Sometimes it is wrong and it gets righted later. So take the higher ground, take the higher perspective here, no matter what your feelings are on the rulings or on the court or on its process, take the higher road and say, this is all part of our evolving consciousness. And if we weren't seeing these things change and morph, we would never have a perspective of whether it was right or wrong, right? It's when, like when I do soul work with people, you have a soul gift, right? You have a gift and there's of the eight gifts, you all have some one or two that are your primary ones, primary and maybe a secondary, or maybe you just have a primary, but you actually have all the gifts or you wouldn't be able to see the impact of the other gifts through other people or even in yourself, you would have no common frame of reference. So at this point, as laws are changing and morphing and as our world is evolving and sometimes not getting it right, sometimes doing it spectacularly awesome, um, it's the perspective that we need. We wouldn't know how good or not good it is unless we had the experience of seeing it from the other side. So I hope that helps because remember, this is a planet of duality. And we are learning to hold the space for both this and that without, you know, saying this one's wrong and this is the only right one, right? We have to be able to see Sagittarius has that more worldly view, has that more worldly um, acceptance, if you will, of the rightness of the ever-changing um, world that we are in. So anyway, I just wanted to share it that way because, you know, I, I like you guys, I'm sure have reactions when things happen like this, with the court coming down and saying that, and I'm like, oh, there we go, right? We're going to just cut out the minorities. That was my first gut reaction. And then you have to sit with that. Luckily, I didn't like write some scathing um, posts on Facebook or something because that's just not who I am, first of all. <laughs> but um, be able to, you know, sit with these things and just see how is this serving in the greater picture? How is this serving the evolution of humanity? Because remember, our evolution now, as viewed through Pluto, is moving backwards a bit in Capricorn right? Reviewing the structures, reviewing the forms, reviewing the institutions, reviewing everything that we've built in society so far, so that we can have a frame of reference when he again moves back into Aquarius to set the tone for the wider way in which we want to serve one another, but serve our communities or be together in this world. Big stuff, big stuff in the background, right? Big stuff. Uh, okay. So, um, and Christine, she makes a good point. It will become a legal precedent that can possibly lead to eventually stripping other rights, such as marriage or being arrested for one's orientation. Time will tell. Or does it lead us to becoming more inclusive as we see that we don't need laws to tell us that we are all together in this world, right? We don't need a law to say that I have to do something uh, to modify my behavior in response to my own beliefs or my own thinking, 
that I can do that all my own. Does it make those people bad people? No, it doesn't. But if you were the person wanting to have your wedding planned by this one person who didn't want to do it, would, would you really have the wedding that you really wanted? Right? We, we got to think about the deeper meaning here. I want to be with people who want to be with me or that who are, you know, at least somewhat like-minded. Think about the negativity, the energy of that woman planning the, uh, the, the same-sex marriage would have put into that, that wedding. No, I, I can find another wedding planner, someone who really resonates with me. If not, why not go start your own business wedding planning for same-sex partners, right? There's always a reason why these things are happening. And yes, it does irk me, but I always come back to exactly what Julie's saying there, love conquers all, and the rest of the world isn't always as loving or it doesn't look as loving, right? <laughs> um, but we're all moving in that direction through whatever it is the consciousness of ourselves is um, ready to take up. All right. Now we are after 8.09, so that means, or 8.10, so that means now mighty Neptune is retrograde. Isn't that funny? So I went on this digression. How funny is that? That probably right at the time Neptune was turning retrograde that I did that. And now what does that mean for all of us? So all the planets, the outer planets, so the outer planets are Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, and most of the asteroids or the uh, dwarf planets like Ceres and Pallas Athena, they're, they're all outer, so they, have to, they tend to be more transpersonal kind of, uh, or a collective, there we go, collective oriented. So Neptune as a collective planet then is affecting us all. So the whole of the collective in our solar system, if there were life on other planets, they're also being impacted perhaps by this, this retrograde, other planets in our solar system, that is. So Neptune uh, retrograde gives us an opportunity to reevaluate our dreams, our goals, our aspirations, our ideals, right? Every one of us who've just been a part of this conversation are now in a process of reevaluating all of the ideals that we hold dear. And that's also a Sagittarian plight, right? That's Jupiter kind of plight as well. So our ideals, like what do we hold true? What do we hold dear and near to our hearts, right? In our country, the USA, freedom, right? It's freedom. So we could have interesting conversations around all of that, right? So reevaluate also then the dreams and goals that you have as an individual. Right. And reevaluation gives you the opportunity to come back inward and to search inside whether this is the right path. Uh, is there a tweak I need to make to the goal? Am I am I saying that I want to do this X, Y, Z thing, but it really no, doesn't hold any passion for me. But maybe I've been holding myself to some kind of strict sort of I made the goal. I got to stick with the goal. Right. Time to look at that and evaluate everything about what you're doing. but also. And this is the one that might be the most difficult of the whole entire transit is confronting our own subconscious patterns and issues. Neptune goes inward and now we're looking at those inward things, the issues, the subconscious patterns that have been a part of our lives. Neptune as a planet 
rules the 12th house of our astrology chart. So there's this and the, the 12th house holds the subconscious patterns. It holds our fears and our blocks. So in, in some ways, Neptune moving retrograde here is causing us to go backward and look at that or go inward, really, and to look at that and maybe ask questions like, what's holding me back? What fear or block or limiting thought or belief is holding me back from being and doing all that I want to do or be? Right? What is it? Where are your victim patterns? Because we all have them. We live on a planet where our DNA is steeped in the energy of security and safety and fear. Fear. It's kept us alive right? It has kept us alive as humans on this planet for lots of lots of time. But in our own personal lives, sometimes that fear gets in the way, right? It's not keeping us alive to have a fear about not being able to speak to a, a group of people. That's a false fear, right? So in this time, we get an opportunity to look at all of the patterns where we fall victim to our own thinking, or to our own um, fear field, right? So, and again, a lot of times that is coming up from the subconscious patterns. So something happened to you when you were a kid, let's say, and maybe somebody, maybe you really wanted to be an artist, but some art teacher said, you're, you know, you don't have an artistic bone in your body, do you? And we take that in. And now we, you know, can possibly equate that with a belief. And no matter how much we want to be an artist now, we find it impossible because we're always bumping up against a subconscious pattern of something that happened and limited us ages ago, years ago, maybe even other lifetimes ago. So this gives us this really great opportunity to look at all of those patterns, all of those things, all of the victimy types of energies. Maybe you're afraid you're going to die. Maybe you're afraid you are never going to have enough money. Maybe you're afraid to get into relationships. Maybe you're afraid that if you really showed your true colors, people wouldn't love you or want to have you in their lives. Lots of those things, right? So look at them. Don't be afraid to at least ask that question. What's holding me back? Or what am I afraid of? Or what are my victim patterns, right? So be able, and then maybe this is a process of journaling. Maybe it's just a process of contemplation. Maybe it's a time to get an, a reading with someone to go deeper, to uh, maybe use oracle cards as a way to access your unconscious mind to learn more about what is stopping you. Any tool out there is very helpful during this time. Now, the, on the positive side, this is, well, uh, that none of what I just said was negative, but on a more positive side, um, we have enhanced uh, access to intuition during this period of time. We have enhanced creativity and imagination, right? We can think a little bit better outside of the box, out in that imaginal realm, right? The uh, realm of ideas. And um, yet, we have to face reality in this time. We also have to be able to take action, right? We talk about it a lot of times, right? We have these great ideas and we have these great things that we want to do. Uh, but if we don't take steps in the physical 3D world, they don't happen, right? Our, our thinking about something or our picturing it in our minds doesn't make it happen unless you actually put your feet on the ground and take the next step.
right? I'm going to give you an, uh, an idea of, of this, how this works. So I have been thinking in my mind for a long time, actually, about changing how I do readings and changing it on my website even, which has scared the you know what out of me because just because it's so technical, right, to do these things. And I don't have a web mistress or webmaster that does that work for me. I would have to do it myself. And if I, you know what, messed it up, then who's going to fix it? I would also have to fix it. So that's been holding me back. Yesterday, I decided, you know what, to hell with being afraid of this. If it gets messed up, I'll go to Fiverr and see if I can find somebody that, you know, can help me at least get back on the right track. So I'm starting to develop the changes in the readings on my website. If you go to my website today, you're not necessarily going to notice that it's all being done in the behind the scenes. But I had to get over my own fear, which was a false evidence appearing real kind of fear. Yeah, I could blow it and I could, you know, mess up my website, but it's fixable. It's fixable or I'll just start over. That would suck, but I could, right? It, it's not like I'm doomed if that happens. So fears sometimes are illus illusory, and Neptune is a planet of illusion. The Neptune, Neptune is also a planet of delusion, like where we have deluded ourselves or we're being deluded, but it is also a planet of escape, where when life gets tough, we disappear into our, our minds or into our telephones, into our Netflix, uh, whatever it is, right? Um, so we want to watch that. We have to face reality, right? Just not face it in a negative way, but just say, okay, I got it. There's this thing out here that I'm afraid of. And what's the real fear related to? That I'm not good enough? That I don't know enough? That I'm not worthy? Face the fear. Be mindful of boundaries too during this period of time. Your own boundaries and how push how people might push beyond your boundaries or how you allow people to push beyond your boundaries, but also are you pushing beyond other people's boundaries? Right? Are you doing this? Are you guilty of of not having boundaries? That's a big one. Like sometimes we just don't even have a boundary or enacting such strict boundaries that it's no longer serving you. So boundaries, a big deal. Seek clarity in all things during these next few months. And I so am sorry, I did not get the date that uh, Neptune turns back to, to forward motion. But since it's five months, we can guess this is the end of June. So July, August, September, October, likely in November, Neptune will move to forward motion. I'll get those dates for you. So be mindful of boundaries. Understand that you are tuned in in a very powerful way, but that just tuning in and being imaginative does not get the work done. You actually have to take some steps to do what you need to do. All right, so now we have that already going, but now we also have Mercury conjunct the sun today. And I love this. This is about communication or the mind connecting with self-expression, right? That's what the two things, two heavenly bodies represent. Uh, Mercury, the mind, and our communication style, and our thinking, and then the sun, our self-expression, and we marry the two with a Mercury conjunct sun. And they are coming into that conjunction, of course, in the sign of Cancer. So is this kind of setting us up for the full moon, right? The full moon, the sun will be in Cancer. The moon will be in Capricorn. It might be a place where we can get some clarity and insight into how our speech, how we say what we say or what we want to say, 
how we communicate with one another or with the bigger, wider world. Um, our mind, what, what are we focused our, on? What are what are our thinking patterns? <laughs> Maybe not be blessing us, but instead kind of undermining us. Um, adding creativity to everything that we do. It's heightened during this period of time, right? You might notice speech patterns are different, right? You might be having different words coming in, um, expressing yourself in different uh, creative ways. Uh, but also the self-expressive part of you getting more uh, empowered during this because of this conjunction as Mercury and the sun come together. You may feel more confident, more articulate, and maybe even more persuasive than usual, being able to get your point across in a way that it makes sense to others, where before you might have stumbled a bit. Now, you have to understand that Neptune going into retrograde can also fog that up a little bit, but at least for today, tomorrow, and maybe even in through the full moon, it's a possibility that you have some moments of abject clarity about life, right? Um, so the key here with this expression of the sun and Mercury coming together is to express yourself authentically and, to, and effectively, right? being true to yourself, not not bringing up things that, you know, you think will make other people happy or doing things that you think will make other people happy. This is about you being you in all your glory, right? With all of your foibles, with all of your high beauty, because it's all you, right? So being very much about living in your authentic self. All right. Expressing that even right? Being that expressive. Okay. Treat yourself says I'm doing the work. Good morning, Amanda J. It's good to see you. Uh, Julie says not spending all my money, though, doing the research and planning my pitch for when the invite comes, but I'm putting my feet on the ground and taking IG the next step. I don't know what IG means. I'm sure I, I will. If I thought about it, I would <laughs> I don't know what that means. But essentially, let me just say yes. It's time to stop the mind and the imagination from just holding on to all of the stuff, right? Take the steps, even if it doesn't work. At least you took action, right? You took action. And that's, after all, why you came to this planet, for action. To be able to play out in the physical world the spiritual divine inspiration that you receive, right? You're the conduit of it on the world, in the world, the expression of those ideas and imagination, not just the, I wish I could, I, I want to do this, I love seeing this picture, uh, but how do I bring it into reality, okay? Uh, oh, Instagram, thank you, Christine, thank you. Uh, oh, she says it was a typo, okay, good, so we don't, it's, but IG, Instagram, gotcha. Uh, also, Julie says, I'm motivated and manifesting, but as a projector and the invitation factor, I'm praying. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's just hold the presses for one second here, because I know quite a few of you out there are projectors. I don't want you, if you are a projector, to think that you are only limited to invitations, because... I think the problem is in the word invitation and the connotation that we have of what an invitation constitutes in our minds, right? Um, 
oh, I had invitations sitting here. I was invited to a graduation party. Um, that's an invite, a literal invite, right? When we get a piece of paper mailed to us or handed to us and we're invited to a baby shower, we're invited to a wedding or we're invited to a luncheon, that happens. But for a projector, it doesn't always happen that way. In fact, if you're waiting for it to happen literally like that, you are going to be sorely disappointed and possibly miss a lot of opportunities along the way. Because it's life that holds the invitation. That might come in a lot of different forms. A lot of different forms. It could come through a chance meeting with a person on the street that happens to, you know, have a conversation with you about something that you love dearly and that you've been thinking about doing. Right? That's literally life inviting you to follow that thread. Maybe it is, it's, it's not as expressively responsive as, say, a generator or a manifesting generator would have, where it's the outer world. You see it, what you've been thinking about in the outer world, and you're like, yeah, okay, that's my sign, right? It's not quite like that for a projector. It's more subtle, right? It might be somebody eyeballs you from around, from across the room, right? You feel a connection. You feel a spark, and you're like, oh okay, I'm going to make my way around the room to meet this person and find out what the spark there is inviting me into. All right. It's the same thing with the throat center. If you have an open throat center in your human design, the open throat center is very projector-like in that it requires an invitation to best be heard, seen, valued, and recognized. And that can happen with someone literally saying, hey, Janet, I want to know what you think. It can also happen by all of you show up here in my YouTube channel or my Facebook page because you want to hear about the astrology for the weekend. So I'm invited, even though I have an open throat, that is an invitation. That's not an express invitation, right? I threw it out there and said, okay, I'm going to be talking about such and such on Friday morning and, you know, join me if you want to. Okay invitation. It can also be you hearing maybe a conversation with someone and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. I, I can't, I overheard you talking about this, this company that's moving into town. And I'm really interested in, in that. Can you tell me more? You're in, you can do the inviting, right? Sometimes you can do the inviting. Now, not literally. You can't walk up to somebody, say, Julie, and go, I invite you to tell me how to uh, manage my finances. And I'm making that part up. I'm not sure that that's what you were working on. But okay, you can't do that. <laughs> but you could, you know, run into somebody who happens to be a, a financial planner and say, hey, can I pick your brain a little bit sometime about uh, financial planning? And that person then can invite you to make an appointment with that with their office. And sure, I would love to sit down with you and talk to you about how to um, plan your finances. Okay, I hope that makes sense. If you guys don't get that, let me know in the chat and I'll circle back to that because there's more to talk about for the weekend and already I can hear the time ticking down. So Saturday, tomorrow, the beginning of the weekend uh, is a very positive day with the moon in Sagittarius, obviously still. It doesn't move that fast that it would be out in one day. Um, so we're still in the more optimistic, higher viewpoint, questioning, seeking, 
um, embracing, you know, adventure and exploring energy at the same time that both Mercury and the sun move into a sextile with Jupiter. Now, I know some of you, you know, get confused by the, um, the words sometimes, but you need to learn the vernacular. The sextile is a relationship connector between the planets. And a sextile happens to be a 60 degree relationship between, in this case, Mercury and the sun and the planet Jupiter. So spatially, they are 60 degrees apart. And by the way, I woke up in the middle of the night and I forgot that Jupiter is now a nighttime planet. And I looked out my bedroom window and I'm like, what's Venus doing there? Well, wait, Venus can't be there because Venus sat set in the West earlier. I saw it. And Jupiter in the early morning sky. Uh, let's see, that would be my uh, eastern, northeastern horizon. Beautiful, bright, amazing. So Get a look at the sky if you're up at 3.30 in the morning, letting your cat in like I was. <laughs> uh, all right. So Mercury and the sun and Jupiter in a sextile 60 degrees from one another. And that happens to be a very positive, um, commu uh, communicative um, expression between the two or relationship between the two or three in this case planets. That means that this weekend, tomorrow in specific, but also, you know, these are, it's already moving together here, uh, that it's great for communication and collaboration. Now it's a holiday weekend. So who might we be communicating with or collaborating with? Maybe it's friends, maybe it's family, Maybe it's about putting together the stuff that's necessary to for the celebrations this weekend. It could be business oriented. It doesn't really matter. It is that this is a great communication time. Not only that, the 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 transit ups the optimism. So it is a hugely optimistic weekend when you take into consideration we have the moon in Sagittarius kicking it off, and now we have Mercury and Jupiter. Uh, or Mercury, the sun, and Jupiter in a sextile. It boosts our confidence. The, the part of us that's, you know, able and capable of taking on whatever it is that our hearts desires. Now, others even are going to feel this, right? It's not just you guys feeling it. You're not feeling it just because you're hearing it. You're feeling it, and so are others. And so others may become more supportive of you, um, of your ideas. You know, they're, everybody's kind of feeling that more optimistic uh, feeling. So it might be a good time for if we're going to seek something, right? Seeking is um, maybe opportunities for growth or for learning, um, for expanding ourselves in some way. Um, the benefits of this transit come when you expand your horizons, when you allow yourself to go into the wider picture rather than just this narrow picture, exploring new ideas, um, new perspectives on things, um, listening to people maybe that are completely different from your usual to see if you can pick up tendrils of commonality between you and them. Um, this is a really great transit. I really love this. And it's setting the tone then even for the full moon. They're not going to be in the sextile per se exact that day, but it's still close enough that it kind of imbues this moon the full moon coming up on Monday with that kind of optimism in some ways. Now, Sunday, Sunday's the little fly in the ointment a little bit. Uh, it's not a bad, horrible one, but we have Venus in a square to Uranus that day. 
And again, that's probably starting uh, tomorrow, peaking on Sunday, and also maybe activated during the full moon. Um, I'll take a look at that chart again in just a minute. But it could point to possible sudden out of the ordinary conflicts with people, um, inner conflicts, right? Inner conflicts with your own, you know, with yourself. Um, it could point to changes that are uh, upon you that you maybe didn't expect, um, disruptions in your relationships or your finances or your values, which are all things that Venus rules, and Uranus is adding that that unexpected quality to it, right? That suddenness or that need for liberation. Remember, everything that Uranus does is about liberation, even if it's rebellion, even if it's contrary. The idea is he awakens us, the planet awakens that part of us that is stuck somewhere and urges us, maybe pushes us, <laughs> um, challenges us to change right? To, to become more free in our expression. So are we needing to become more free in our finances, uh, our relationships, our love interests, our values, right? So that's part of this. And it can imbue a feeling of restlessness in us. Like, I don't know why I'm feeling this, like I need to go do something. Um, it can It can trigger the rebellion part of you, the rebellious part of you, the teenage, you know, rebel. Um, it's unpredictable. That's totally the weekend, there's a quality of the weekend that's totally unpredictable. Um, we may crave more excitement during this transit. We may crave more freedom. How funny is that during this time where at least, well, we're looking at this concept of freedom over this particular weekend. It is not a good time for us to take impulsive action, however, uh, or to break your commitments. Like, I'm sick of this relationship, I'm done, right? You want to be able to hold space a little bit, recognize that there's some quality of this relationship or of this financial situation that you need to work on, uh, but don't necessarily go through to the breakup part. It's just not a good time for that because decisions to break commitments or to jump in or out of relationships might be something that you regret once the transit is complete. Um, and you you don't know what opportunities might be waiting in the wings, right? So best to hold yourself a little bit to patience, um, to, you know, staying a course of action, but really understanding that there's some part of you that's craving freedom or craving change uh, or needs to, you know, elevate a, a relationship or change the dynamic in your finances, that type of thing. Find constructive ways to express that energy through creativity, right? Or through art or through any, you know, kind of creative urge that you might have during this period of time. Apply your own individuality to it, right? Don't be like everybody else. Do your, do you, right? Do you. But you also need to respect other people's boundaries, other people's needs during the same period of time. Right. If you're restless, but your partner isn't, it's not fair for you to, you know, start a conflict or a confrontation with that person just because you're bored or you're restless. And on the other hand, nor is it OK for your partner to trigger that in you. It might be better to say, OK, let's table this for now and I'm going to go out and do some gardening or I'm going to go do the grocery shopping or whatever else. Manage your own energy, manage your boundaries and your own needs, but also a time for us to experiment and explore, right, and experience. So it's very much 
um, not static energy. We just want to be careful about how we use it because it can be destructive, but it can also be constructive. How's that for duality? <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Any other questions going on here? Uh, nope, don't see them. All right, so uh, in the last few minutes, let's talk about the moon in um, Capricorn on Monday where we go through what is our full moon, which is the opposition of the sun and the moon. Now in uh, astrology, that's pretty clear, right? It's the time of blossoming. It's the time of revelation or aha moments. It's the time for completion. Uh, it might be the time for an ending in some way, right? The thing is the light of the luminaries, both the sun and the moon give us access to seeing things that have been not seen or maybe we knew about it, but it wasn't clear. So we may have some stellar opportunities this uh, as we go into the full moon for some aha moments for being able to see things in a way that we haven't seen them before. Uh, and all of that being backed up with Neptune in retrograde, with Jupiter and uh, in a sextile to both Mercury and the sun, even the Venus square Uranus can also be tools or vehicles through which we have this awakening or this aha or this, you know, Revelation. <laughs> I love revelations. I love epiphanies. That is a part of how I decision make sometimes is that I don't, if I'm not clear about what to do or what not to do, I hold until I have the epiphany. And the full moon often is the bringer of the epiphany. So in this case, now looking at it through human design eyes, when we look at the sun and moon in opposition, we also know that that puts the moon and the earth in a conjunction, right? Because the sun and the moon are opposing and the sun and the earth are always opposing. So we have, right, this connection then of being able to clue into something more deeply through the moon, right? Through the moon. And the moon that day and the earth that day happened to be sitting in human design. So this is in your human design chart at the gate 38. That's a difficult placement. It can be, right? I don't want to set you up and say, oh, it's all difficult. But if you are um, in receipt of your own human design, look at the root center of your chart because the gate um, 38 is on the root center and it's leading over to the spleen, right? So the spleen, so if you're, it's at the bottom and it's leaning over to the left side of the chart. And the 38 is called the gate of struggle. And it's called the gate of struggle for a reason. And you as a human being are here on the planet to struggle, right? It's, it's written into your DNA. It's written into the very fabric of who you are to struggle. But struggling doesn't mean you have to suffer, right? We have struggle, but we don't suffer, right? The suffering is optional. <laughs> so the suffering comes from your reaction to the um, struggle. It's not in, the, they are not in there together, right? Struggle does not equal suffering, but it can equal suffering if you allow it to be the reaction that you have to whatever it is you're struggling with. Now, struggle can mean that we have to really be careful about what we choose to move forward with because the struggle needs to be worth it. Otherwise, we waste a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of resources on something that has, you know, zero meaning to us in the end. So choose your battles wisely or choose what to struggle on based on, is this really worth it for me? Does this really make sense for me? Does this bring more meaning to my life? 
or does it undermine everything that I am, right, or I have? At the same time, the sun is in the gate of provocation, the gate 39. So the 39 provocation and the 38 always travel together. They're a pair, right? The sun, in this case, this week from July 2nd through the 6th is in the gate 39, while the earth and the moon are in, or at least the moon during the full moon time are in the 38. So we're learning to choose the right thing to stick with and letting go of what doesn't serve our evolution or our consciousness raising personally, right? This is also playing out collectively, but each of us participate as individuals in the collective. So it really is up to you as the individual, not the collective, to determine what's worth fighting for, what's worth sticking with, what's worth letting go of right? Find the right thing. Now, the gate 39 of provocation always gets me <laughs> because I have it in my chart, um, in my own human design chart. It's part of the whole 3955, the channel of emoting. So you already get that there's some emotional energy here. Even though the 39 is sitting on the root center, it's the the push that we get to, um, to emote. And emotion is Emotion, emotion in action, right? So are we, are we sacrificing what's true and right for us because of an emotional moment that we're having or the effect of an emotional wave that is impacting us? So we have to be very clear. And the best way to be clear is to know yourself. If you do not know yourself, some of this does not have any meaning and you'll find yourself struggling through this. Uh, struggling mightily, maybe even, but it doesn't have to be that way. The struggle tells you or gives you the opportunity to decide, is this worth waiting for? Is this worth struggling through? Is this worth, you know, doing everything I need to do to get to where I want to go? Or if it isn't, is it okay for me to let it go? And the answer would be yes, right? If it's not worthwhile, if it doesn't add to who you are or uh, add to your service quotient on the planet, it's probably not worthwhile, right? It's a struggle that you can let go of. All right. Pam, random question. Sometime, would you let us know what all fixed stars and asteroids you like to look at in charts? Playing around, looking at several, not enough room to put them all on an astro chart. And if that isn't the truth, I don't know what is, Pam. <laughs> because there are a lot. And here's where doing what I do gets a little tricky because there isn't often a rhyme nor reason to what bodies I choose to look at. It's an intuition, right? Um, so many times I, I've done this where I've done a chart for someone and sent it to them with uh, some random setting. Uh, and then it turns out to be something that's really important to that person. So ask yourself, what are, what's important to you, right? What what deeper dive do you want to do, right? If you want to dive deeper into, say, things like freedom, um, then you might want to look at Pallas Athena in your chart, right? Because she's going to be that, that she's going to rec uh, resonate with that kind of energy. If you want to look at more of uh, how to be in relationship with yourself or, or how to be uh, how you keep making the same mistakes over and over, you might want to look at the Black Moon Lilith. Of course, she's not an asteroid. She's actually a mathematical point. Um, 
so it really depends on what it is that you want to look at. Now, for example, sometimes I'm looking at things because another planet is coming into a conjunction with a Ceres, a Juno, a Pallas Athena, an Eris, a, a Sirius, the dog star, or a, uh, oops, somehow Syria, Ceres, Siri thinks I'm trying to talk to him. Uh, so it really depends. And if you put everything in the chart, it is going to be so confusing, right? So confusing. So I don't quite know how to answer it other than to say what's important to you and maybe look for the uh, planetary bodies that have a resonance to that. Okay. And Pam says also she has 38 in her south node, 39 in her north node. Gotcha right? This is you, right? Learning how to, to, now the gate of provocation, by the way, is where we are often provoked or pushed out of our comfort zone to go looking for answers. Because on the other side of the 39 is the 55, which is the gate of spirit, of faith, of, of the abundant nature of our universe, of uh, the abundance of our divineness, which is kind of woo-woo, but we have this provocation to go out and find some of the answers in that very highest woo-woo way. And then ideally we recognized on this during this process that there's so much more uh, to us that meets the eye, so much more that is possible for us. Um, but until something provokes us to go on that journey, we might never find those answers. So the provocation holds some possibility for us to um, to really stimulate our need to find those answers or to come into an alignment with our spiritual self, right? Our physical being, you know, in alignment with all of the, the mental, emotional, spiritual parts of ourselves. All right. Well, I didn't get to talk too much about the full moon itself, but as I look at this chart, I see that Jupiter is at 943 of um, Taurus and the sun and Mercury, 11 degrees and 14 degrees, respectively, still sort of in that sextile. So, you know, that really good optimistic energy still holding sway a bit at the, even though it's waning, still holding sway during that full moon. Um, the Venus square Uranus, let's see, Uranus is at 2149. During the full moon, Venus is at 2218. Oh yeah, still there, right? That's within a degree for sure, we might still be contending with some of that through the full moon. And of course, Mercury conjunct the sun, sun still with an orb with the sun at 11 and Mercury at 14. So by and large, the full moon has a lot of optimal energy for us to be optimistic, for us to really communicate and uh, align ourselves with our truth and authenticity. And it also then holds some revelation energy that might be something that we just don't expect. It comes at us out of the blue, but also a need for us to explore the unfamiliar, right? To dare to go, to take that provocation, to take that struggle to the next level. What does it mean for me? How do I move through this? All right. And if any of you need help, I did add a new reading to my readings. Um, it's on my homepage. That is literally just a check-in reading. It's $50 for you to spend an, half an hour to 45 minutes with me, depending on what the problem is. If you have a question, if you need some kind of, of um, 
clarity around a specific thing, a question, right, or a problem. Hey, Janet, I don't know. I've got two opportunities and I don't know which is the right one for me. Can you help me? Right. Definitely something I can help you with. So uh, that, again, is on my homepage. All right. That is it for me today. I can't believe it's after nine already. Uh, thank you all for joining me. And I hope you all have a great weekend. And for all of us in the U.S. and Canada who are celebrating holidays, have a happy, merry holiday. Be safe. Be sane. I will maybe see you on Monday. If not, for sure, I will see you next Friday. All right. Take care. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.